wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. Man, what an exciting show we have in store for you this week. We are taking it old school, and we are talking mid-Atlantic. I'm talking about we're going to have one half of the famous mid-Atlantic outlaws. Matt Houston's going to be on the show today, and I am so excited to get him on. I mean, he had a major announcement last week on Facebook that blew a lot of people away, especially me, because I've known this guy for a long time, and I thought this day would never come, and I'll let him tell you more about it later on in the show. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about about getting uh, uh, getting to, to sit down and talk to Matt uh, and go over uh, talk about his great illustrious wrestling career. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, right now, I want to bring in my my co-host, cohort, co-conspirator. I'm talking about my friend Chris Plano. <laughs> Chris, what is going on? Tony, what is going on? Thank you for having me back. I, I'm so excited when we, we take these every week. And, uh, God, you have me having flashbacks every week. We're going to go back to July 87 for a little bit. A great time for professional wrestling just across the board. And nonetheless, for Jim Crockett Promotions, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And when you told me Matt was going to be on the show this week, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, a a very good week for us, and I'm looking forward to hearing and, and, and touching up back with Matt as well in his illustrious career. Yeah, it's going to be great. Now, now, Chris, uh, last week's show was was tremendous. We uh, we we had uh, Lee from the from the famous um, Storm Brother Legacy uh, had him on, and man, we he took us back to to some old days that that you and I had probably forgotten about. Uh, but he was young enough to remember it, and uh, man, I you know he, he his show was awesome. Uh, it's, it's got some really good ratings on our show, uh, and I know this this next show we're about to do today is going to be you know no different. It's going to be wide open, and not only that, we're also going to cover our, our, our special flashback as we sit down and break down a classic uh, Jim Crockett Promotions um, event. Uh, and that's, that's going to be coming up later on in the show. Um, so without any further ado, we're going to take a little commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to have the Bench Buster Show with Matt Houston. Want to get your event or business advertised around the world? Then let the Binge Buster Show advertise for you. We offer a weekly show that is broadcast over all major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and much more. We offer five levels of advertising to fit any budget. So don't hesitate. Let the Binge Buster Show work for you. For information, contact us on our Facebook page at The Binge Buster Show. We look forward to helping you and your business grow. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show, and welcome to the show, one half of the Mid-Atlantic Outlaws, Matt Houston. Matt, what is going on, my friend? Oh, brother, brother, you know how it is. Tony, it's good to talk to you, man. You and I haven't seen each other a whole lot here lately. And Chris, good God, talk about a flash from the past. (laughs) Brother, it has been forever since I've seen you. I hope you guys are doing well. Man. We are doing great, and uh, so glad to have you on the show this week. And I, I know we're going to take it back. You're going to 
we're going to pull some stuff out of the woodwork here that you're going to uh, probably blow my mind up, but we're looking forward to it. Well, man, I've been so excited all week, you know, since Tony contacted me about being on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Man, I, you know, I, whenever I, 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 you know, I, I've been wanting to get you on the show now for such a long time, but I know with with, with your wrestling booking, your family, and my, I mean, it's, it's been crazy. Our schedules haven't haven't been able to to come together. But man, talk about some history and and time that 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 Matt Houston and terrific Tony have had. Chris, I got to tell you a funny story. Um, when I first met uh, met met Matt Houston. Uh, he was wrestling under a different name and I was doing so much stuff and, and he saved my life for real. This is straight up shoot. Everybody. I was uh, running this gimmick called the, um, the Italian assassin, right? Chris, I'm wearing a hood and, and, and I'm wearing like a shirt and tie. Right. So, you know me, I like to do, I like to do my, 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 uh, my, my, uh, comedic wrestling, my, my funny eighties, you know, uh, funny stuff. So we do this spot where, uh, I have I have uh, Matt tie, uh, take my necktie and tie me to the top rope, and I'm like coming after him, and and, and the ties pull me back on the rope. He punches me, and I'm not thinking about this. He punches me. I take a bump, and and like this hood I'm wearing, you can't see my face, you can't see my, you can't see anything. All you see is my eyes. And thank goodness, um, I take the bump, and I'm I'm legitimately hanging myself. I am my face is turning purple. I can't breathe, and Matt is like. <laughs> He saved it. He he gets the tie off of me, but man, I I, I even I gave him a hug when he got done because I was like, man, brother, I almost died. Wow, that that is one you'll never never forget. But boy, talk about uh, on the fly, literally. I mean, um, it, yeah, it was amazing. I said, man, thank you. You saved my life. And he's like, I couldn't see your face under the hood, but I could tell you were struggling. I said, yes, I was. <laughs> The big question is: Did the Italian assassin show up anywhere else after that match? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Me and about three of the guys ran that gimmick at the same time, and it was so crazy because a lot, a lot of people. Okay, that's that's Tony. Well, no, that's not Tony. And but man, me, me and me and Matt Houston have had some had some tremendous times together in the ring and some good laughs outside the ring and man and and later on in the show when we get to the show we we're definitely going to try to to tell some road stories now some we can't always we can't tell them all but but we are right. gonna, we are we are definitely going to tell some funny ones that's for sure absolutely absolutely I think the the whole thing with the tie was. When he took the bump, I think he thought that the tie would just, you know, come loose and unravel itself. But dude, him, his eyes got big as a cartoon <laughs> when when he's hanging himself. And I'm and I'm on tape. I mean, I'm dying laughing. Yeah, I mean, and, probably probably nine out of ten times it would come loose and you'd fall and take the bump, and and the one time it doesn't. All right. Well, you know, I, when when he punched, I want to sell it so good. I went down fast and hard, and when I went down, I was like, okay, I didn't take the bump. What's going? Oh, and I couldn't breathe. It was it was it was it was funny <laughs> after with but during the time, man, I thought that was it for me. If I'm dying laughing, and Tony's dying. I don't. I just feel, I get <laughs> exactly. And, and and Tony, here's the thing. You know, the Italian assassin. You're oozing that Italian machismo, and all the ladies are going crazy. So they're they're loving every minute of it. So yeah, it's, it's like. All good. He's Tony. You know, my name's Tony. It's an Italian name, but the Italian assassin was about to go down. And this little redneck from Thomasville was about to be dead. But it, it, it was fun, though. It was fun. We had, we had some good times in that building. And uh, But uh, speaking of good times, uh, it's, it's that time of our show where we do our flashback. 
And uh, this week's classic flashback. This week's flashback is a really cool show. Um, the Great American Bash 1987 coming from the Atlanta, uh, Omni in Atlanta, July 4th, 1987. Uh, guys, what's some of your memories of that show? Matt, go ahead. I'll have you start. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, you know, the main thing I remember about it was, of course, it was the first war games. Yes. Um, you know, and, you know, you go back and you hear, like, you watch the shoot interviews with, you know, the horsemen and all, and Tully said after they did it, they had to do it, like, every night, uh, you know, in the cage with them. And I was, you know, I was looking at all the dates that they did for the Bash State year, and just about every one of them, it wasn't necessarily a War Games match. They did that one, and then they did the one on the last night of the tour, uh, you know, with the War Machine replacing JJ. But just about every other night of the tour, there was an eight-man tag in a cage. <laughs> with the horsemen against the uh, you know superpowers and the road warriors, and I mean one or two is bad enough, but when you got to go thirty days in a row with the road warriors, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, yeah, you're earning your money for sure. And you know, yeah, absolutely. And Tony, from my angle, and, and Matt may not know some of my history. You know, I'm I'm in high school up in Connecticut at this time, and you know we were inundated with the WWF up there in Connecticut, obviously with with Vince McMahon and. My only exposure to NWA wrestling up that way was 605 on WTBS every Saturday night. And we tuned in, and that's how we kept up with the Great American Bash and what was happening, and, and really all the tours for the NWA. But um, what an exciting time. And at that time, they were promoting all the bashes for the whole month of July. But this one, obviously, very special for them right in their backyards of Atlanta and, and Jim Crockett Promotions and, and the Omni speaks for itself yeah um now now uh matt uh, all, all your years of, of like getting to go see live uh wrestling events did uh, you ever get to go to any shows at the omni I, I never got to go to the omni um of course th that was the place to be in atlanta uh but yeah i would have loved to have, uh have gone to some of those my, my main place you know of course just like yours was the greensburg coliseum Right, yeah, Greensboro and Charlotte was was my two places. I always went and, and got to see shows, um, but you know, Greensboro is is you know, Chris, you 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 talk about how how embedded you were in the WWF days or WWE days up in Connecticut. So around that area, the mecca was of course Madison Square Garden. But but absolutely, but but, but Matt can tell you, man, I. I don't know about about the uh, Madison Square Garden. I never was there, but I can tell you, when when you when NWA was in Greensboro, that was our um, that 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 was our Madison Square Garden. As a matter of fact, I went to to the um, to the tribute to Starcade that the WWE done a couple of years ago, and they they brought in a few people to talk about. And um, and when Arn Anderson came out, they talked to him. He said Greensboro was their Madison Square Garden. Ricky Steamboat said the same thing. Greensboro was the Coliseum was such a special place and 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 it was one of those coliseums that that you that you that you when you watch it on watch the show on television you knew that was coming from Greensboro because they had those cool little black lights underneath the the numbers of the sections of the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and yes, you're you're totally correct. Madison Square Garden was the mecca for the WWF, and there's no just disputing that, especially on Monday nights once a month for them back in, in the day. They ran there consistently 12, 13 times a year. 
and Greensboro, you know, was the was the mecca for the NWA. And, and I always remember Ric Flair as a young kid would always say, you know, Richmond, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. He would say all these, you know, Cincinnati, all these different cities. But when he said Greensboro and Atlanta, he was really hitting on where the heart of, of the NWA was. But, but that was kind of exciting times. And, and Atlanta was their backyard, but Greensboro really was their mecca and, and so much history in, in that arena. I think a lot of people don't even realize it. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I, guys, I was doing a little research on this show that we're talking about tonight, the uh, Great American Bash, July 4th, 1987, uh, at the Omni. Uh, this was actually the first um, the, of, of, of the Great American Bashes, and but this was the first time that they actually done war games, the match beyond. And the way Dusty came up with this idea for this show was he was watching that old uh, movie, Mad Max Beyond, and that gave him the idea for this show, uh, or um, not show, but this match. Um, and and my opinion, I mean, I think the War Games was probably one of the most genius um, gimmick matches that that probably has ever ever been thought of. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Tony, I, I'm going to agree with, with Matt as well. I mean, no one was doing this this kind of match with two rings and a totally enclosed steel cage. And just the rivalry between the four horsemen and, and Dusty and the Road Warriors, it had something special and different that the WWF did not have. They were coming off of WrestleMania three at this time, you know, the Hogan thing. They were trying to be the premier organization, but there was something special happening in, in this mid-Atlantic, southeast United States, and even over towards the West and Midwest, and it was great, and it was perfect timing to really differentiate themselves because there's a lot of great talent that Jim Crockett had that Vince McMahon did not have. So it was, it was perfect. I think all around for the promotion. Yeah. And, and during this time was, uh, when Crockett had purchased the UWF and, uh, and as, as we go through these matches and talk about each match, um, it, it's, it's going to show you how, how much talent he really had. But in reality, he had two different companies, working for him at the time uh so so taking a look at this the very the opening match on this show uh was kendall windham against gladiator number one um the next match was uh a man that that would that would go on to become one of the biggest stars in this business sting uh as 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 he defeated thunderfoot number one then we had laser tron uh uh he he defeated uh, mod squad spike and then um, our, our good friend and buddy and brother, uh, handsome Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, um, he defeated uh, Mod Squad Basher. Uh, then we had for the um, NWA Western States Heritage title, Barry Windham against Rick Steiner. Uh, what a what a crazy match that, that would have been to witness. I mean, t- talk about two guys with two different styles. Uh, what, what, like, like what, what, what are you guys' thoughts on a match, Barry Windham and Rick Steiner? Um, Barry, oh, go, go ahead, Chris. No, no, Matt, go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, Barry Windham, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Let's lay it all on the table. Barry Windham, technically, pound for pound, one of the best guys that can work with anybody. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that's not a knock against Steiner, because Steiner, you know, tremendous worker in his own right. But what I'm saying is Barry could work that Rick Steiner style, 
turn around the next night and work with Ric Flair style, turn around the next night and work, you know, Tully work, you know, he could work with anybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I agree that match on paper just looks like it would have been a classic. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it was. Uh, even at the time, I mean, I'm sure at this point, Rick Steiner was was he was a rookie. I mean, he only been in the business a couple of years at this point. But uh, but I remember seeing him, and I thought he had the, the you know the the, the most the, the the most badass uh, clothesline uh, at the time. I mean, like like he would clothesline people, and they would cut a flip, he, and he was kind of like the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, new version of Nikita Koloff. Um, and of course, Rick Steiner went on, you know, to to become, you know, a, a major star in this business as well. Uh, getting to the next match, uh, the Garvin brothers, Ron and Jimmy Garvin, uh, against Vladimir Petrov and the Barbarian with great uh, manager Paul Jones. Um, what a, what a great match that was! Now here's one. Uh, this this was this match was for the UWF World Tag Team Title, the Lightning Express. Uh, Tim Horner and Brad Armstrong against the Angel of Death and Big Bubba Rogers with Skandar Akbar. Man, talk about uh, like two completely di- or four completely different people. Uh, what 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 are y'all's thoughts on this match? I mean, for me, Tony, you know, looking at this card back in the day, my exposure to UWF was very limited up in the Northeast. Actually, I don't think they even had any exposure. Up, up in the Northeast until they made the crossover to the NWA. Um, I actually had more exposure to world-class championship wrestling on ESPN versus UWF. But, you know, a great match. And it and this was the NWA, I mean, showing that they could bring talent from other territories and work it in a card where it still works. I mean, they, they had enough matches and storylines on the show to keep the interest of, of the fans and, and I think it was a now it was a great novelty, and and then it was also an opportunity, I think for for some of these guys from the UWF is who's going to make the cut into the NWA, and if this is going to go on long term or not. I think there was some, you know, things there because there were some guys that didn't make it from the UWF long term, you know, into the NWA and where they were going directional wise. So, and again, you know, Dusty at this time, I'm sure had a heavy hand in the booking and the storylines and you know, just everything across the board. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, what, 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 what are your thoughts on this match? Well, and you know, something you just said about, you know, some of the guys not making the cut. I don't remember the angel of death being around much after that, yeah. uh, as far as in the territory and then Vladimir Pietrov, who was an NWA guy. Cause he was, you know, with, they had him with paired with uncle Ivan wasn't there for a while. So, you know, you, you look back and you see, you know, man, some of these matches, like now looking back, you go, man, that's, that's kind of a weird match. Yeah. So, this one with the Lightning Express, you got the, the fast, it's basically it's the, the David and Goliath tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Angel of Death is a big guy. Of course, we all know Bubba and his reputation in the, in the territory. Um, but, you know, talking earlier about guys that can work with anybody, Brad Armstrong, holy cow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. One what? of the most underrated guys I have I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, the Lightning Express, I always enjoyed him as a tag team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did too. They, they, you know, they, they had good. You know, I, I thought they had good, great, great chemistry and was able to, to, to really, um, you know, pop. You know, pop. You know, definitely pop the crowd. Now, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I mean, and I'm going to agree with Matt. Brad Armstrong. I mean, he had the look. He had the build. 
you, you know, never probably had the run he really deserved, but from a technical standpoint, probably one of the best wrestlers on the card from a skill standpoint. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys a funny story. Um, a few a few uh, months back, I had uh, Teddy Long on my uh, on my podcast, and uh, uh, we we for for some reason I can't remember now, but I remember us getting on the subject uh, of Brad Armstrong and how smooth he was in the ring, and 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 he was telling us how he got in the ring one day um, at on the Superstation said said that um, that he walked in, you know, and and he was always dressed nice. He said he walked in and. And, and somebody was in the ring working with some new guys. And uh, he said Brad, Brad, uh, Brad walked in, had his bag in his hand. He was wearing a, a suit and tie. And, and he had somebody, um, you know, I, I think one, one, one of his kids was with him. And whoever, uh, whoever was in the ring, you know, working out with these guys, uh, they were wanting, um, uh, you know, t- teaching the guys how to do a drop kick. And uh, Teddy Long said that, that uh, Brad, uh, that, that, Brad said, "Okay, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show the guy some stuff." Said he got in the ring, he took off his jacket, locked up with the guy, shot the guy in the rope, jumped up, gave the guy the most beautiful drop kick he ever saw. He said, "When the guy took the bump, uh, Brad got up. His shirt tail didn't even come out. He was so smooth." He said, "I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny." He said, "He said that man was so smooth. He said his shirt tail didn't even come out when he threw the drop kick." Well, that's all good. Brad did have uh, the most beautiful drop kick ever I've ever seen. My gosh, yes, uh, and and yeah. and the way the way he would get in there on his arm drags and stuff too. Um, but 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 my favorite thing with Brad was that uh, side Russian leg sweep. How he would float over right into the pin and uh, the pin and combination. And man, yeah. when I, I used to try that move all the time, and I, I'd get it, but I I still didn't float over as as beautiful as as Brad did. Now, uh, moving on, Chris, you you you'd yeah. mentioned about uh, earlier about your experience with world class championship wrestling. Now, these next two guys was definitely um, world class mm-hmm. guys, uh, gentlemen. Chris Adams versus Black Bart with Skandar Akbar. And if you guys listen to any of my shows, I have had Black Bart on my show twice. And man, I could sit and listen to that guy tell stories because the thing about Black Bart is he don't care, uh, you know. What he says or how he says it, he he tells the truth, and and he'll tell you that too. He'll tell you that right. He says, you know, listen, I I don't sugarcoat anything. You know, I if if a guy was crap, I tell you the guy was crap. And uh, man, he 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 told us a funny story one time that um, and I told him about this. I, I said, I said, I said, I said, Bart, I said, I think one of the last times I got to see you live, I said, um, uh, it was like '86, and uh, you guys were taping for TV. And you um, worked against uh, Pat Tanaka. I said, but I remember you did the, tax, the, the, the Texas Trash Compactor as a finish. I said, but man, I said, I, I remember as a kid because I was like, that did that, you know, it looked different the way you did it on, in, there as you do on TV. He said, yeah, it looked different. He said, man, he said, I can't believe you even asked me that. He goes, and it blows me away that you re- remembered that. He said, I- I'll tell you the story. So the story is, I <coughs> sold Pat a car he said and he was supposed to pay me for the car he said you know i, I was letting him pay me a little bit at a time a little bit of time he says well somebody smart me up and said you know after tomorrow night uh pat is is leaving crockett he's going to to uh to uh, uh new york and uh and so he he said who the guy was that told him about about uh, pat leaving he says you know you might want to go to his house right now and and collect your money 
He said, so I go to his house, you know, he goes, we had Greensboro that night. He said, so that day, he said, I drove over to his house in Charlotte. I knock on the door. He said, he comes to the door and I said, all right, Pat, here's the thing. Uh, if you want the title of this car, I, I need to rest my money. He said, I think you owe me like 1500 bucks. He said, he tells me, well, I don't have it. He said, I look in the door. He said, he said, Tony, he had this big old stereo. He said, like he was getting from one of them. Uh, like like Renaissance or something, these big old monstrous stereo, and I told him, "Well, brother, you got two choices. You can either give me my fifteen hundred bucks, or I'm taking that stereo with me." And he says, "Oh, you can't take the stereo. It belongs to Renaissance." He says, "Well, it's gonna belong to Black Bart in about five minutes." And he said he didn't even wait. He just pushed it. He walked right on in the house. He got the speaker, started unhooking it, and Pat said, "Okay, that's fine. Take the stereo." He said, I took the stereo. He said, but when I got to the show that night, I got thinking, that son of a, hmm, he still owes me some money. He said, so I decided to take it out of his butt in the ring. <laughs> I was like, that's a funny story. But, but man, Black, Black Bart is a trip. If you guys ever get a chance to hang out with him and talk to him, I suggest it because he is hilarious. And 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 the, another cool thing about Black Bart at WrestleCade, I had to bring him back to the airport and I had my son William with me. And, it, and of course it was right, you know, a little after Christmas time or, or near Christmas time for WrestleCade. And so we're driving back to Charlotte to the airport. And now Black Bart, you, you look at him, he just says, oh, you know, country Texan. And uh, this, this dude sang, he stopped what he was doing, talk, talking about wrestling shows. And he sang Jingle Bells with my son for about 20 minutes. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Seeing this, this tough guy that, that you know, he, he, he says everything, dad gum, dad gum, but then he's back there singing Jingle Bells with my son. <laughs> I said, yeah, he's over with wow. me now. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. But um, but now this next match is, 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 is a really cool match and uh, one of my favorites. And if you go back and watch the Great American Bash uh, 1987 VHS tape that they released, this match was actually on that uh, on that tape, and it was the fabulous Freebirds, Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy against Ivan Koloff, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and Paul Jones. Um, you guys ever get a chance to, to witness this match? Uh, I mean, for me, Tony, the, the fabulous Freebirds, I mean, this is right in their backyard. What, Bath Street, Atlanta, GA? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Michael Hayes. All I remember him is, you know, bobbing the head, making his way to the ring with, you know, Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts behind him. Um, an interesting six-man tag match, and, and, and you might want to check my facts here, Tony. You know, they had Ivan in this six-man tag with Manny and Paul Jones. I actually think, is this when Rick Rude left within, like, 30 or 60 days prior to Jim Crockett promotions when he made the jump? I believe so. WWF? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, uh, Matt, 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 do uh, you recall any of that? I want to say you. I want to say you're right. Yeah. Again, again, you may want to fact check it, but I do believe you're right on that. Yeah, I think Rude had left about, I think about sixty days prior to this, and Ivan was in the match, and and because I believe Rude made his debut in the WWF later that summer of '87, which was a, a big splash for them. Um, you know, but again, a great match. I mean, the Freebirds. I mean, <laughs> good lord. I mean, who? I mean, from a six-man angle, you know, they were really the only promotion, probably out of world-class championship wrestling, that were promoting six-man tag team matches at this point. So it was over with the fans, no matter what. You're going to get action. Though it was kind of a short match, Tony. Only only five minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Kind of short for a six-man tag team match, but the, the Freebirds obviously 
you know, were the victors that evening. Yeah. Now, now the next one is a match that I could watch the, these four guys work every day and never get tired of watching them work. And I'm sure every match you watch, none of them would, would be identical. I'm talking about for the NWA world tag team titles, the rock and roll express against the midnight express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Henry or Matt Houston, I know that 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 you are just like me, a big Midnight Express mark. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm with you on that one. You know, you, you can never get tired of watching the rock and roll in the midnight. Um, unfortunately, I've had the uh, opportunity to be in the ring with both teams, uh, Bobby and Stan and Ricky and Robert. My favorite, uh, I was just in the ring with Ricky and Robert uh, Christmas night uh, this past Christmas. So. Um, and those guys can still rock and roll and still pop a crowd. Um, but yeah, anytime you watched rock and roll midnight and it didn't matter if it was Bobby and Stan, Bobby and Dennis, you knew that you were going to get one heck of a match and that you know, from bell to bell, the people were going to be on their feet. And I mean, was anybody hotter at this point than the rock and roll express? Definitely not. I mean, when those guys come to the ring, well, you know, uh, guys, a, a lot, a lot of people, um, you know, probably don't know this, but uh, I had spoke earlier about the um, the the uh, tribute to Starcade that the WWE done. Well, I, I happened to be at that show, and uh, I wasn't going to go. And there, at the last minute, you know, my 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 wife and my son had left to go to the beach with 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 my mother in law. So I just I basically had a weekend. I didn't have nothing to do, and so I thought, hmm. Well, I just happened to to, to go on Facebook, and I saw where someone had ringside tickets for sale for twenty bucks. I'm like, twenty bucks? Yeah, that's that's a no brand. I'm going. So I went, and I was actually on the third row. And um, so before the show started, you know, they had a little ring announcer girl out there, you know, and she'd come out and she she'd say, "This is the big you know tribute to Starcade," and she'd always come out and and say something. And she walks out, and she's walking right past me, and she's like, "Yeah, how many of you folks here have, have have been to 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 any of the other star cages?" You know, I just raised my hand because I'd I'd went to 80, 85 and eighty six there in Greensboro, and I raised my hand, and she's like, "Yeah, you sir, I need to talk to you." And I'm like, "Me?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting ready to cut a promo here at Star K. This is this is going to be great." So I so as I was walking up, I was thinking to myself to myself, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do two things." I can walk up here and just be like, you know, like a mark and just say this, but th- this might be my only chance in my entire life to cut a promo and probably my only chance to, to, to pop the Greensboro Coliseum. So I'm going to pop the Greensboro Coliseum. Is what I said. I'm going to pop them. So as soon as we walked up, you know, she asked me and she's like, sir, which star cake were you at? And I, I told her and uh, she was like, well, you know, what are some of your memories? I said, my memories, I said, first of all, people, I said, we are in horseman country. And when I said that, the whole Coliseum was like, woo. And I got goosebumps. And I, I was like, man, th- this is fun. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, at, and, at that point, I started telling them, I said, I said, you know, some of you people just don't, I said, you, you, you don't understand what it was like to be in the Greensboro Coliseum and, and the Rock and Roll Express come out. Because when they came out, the roof blew off of that building, and I and the, the one of the things and and Matt, you you probably remember this. Whenever the Rock and Roll Midnight would work the Greensboro Coliseum between eighty six to eighty eight, when when Cornet would come out first and he would you know antagonize the crowd, and then they'd pause for like ten or fifteen seconds, and then they would hit the Rock and Roll Express's music. And back then they were using Rock and Roll's King, and the only thing that you could hear was the beginning of the drums 
and that was it. The crowd was so loud you couldn't even hear the music. You remember that, Matt? I do remember that. My friend, my, my dad, uh, you know, my, my stepmom worked at the Coliseum uh, during the, during that time, short in the concession. And so, you know, she would get my, me and my dad in for, you know, the TV tapings or, you know, any of the house shows they did. And we, I don't remember who all was on the card that night, but I remember we went one night and Tom Miller, you know, like in between matches, he would say, okay, the next date here at the Coliseum is going to be, you know, whatever the date was. And he'd go over a couple of matches. Well, he's, he's, you know, for the NWA World Tag Team title, right here next time, the Rock and Roller Tag. That, that, that's all you could hear. Yeah. Because the people would just go nuts, and you couldn't even hear who they were working. Nope, not at all. Yeah, and it was just, they were so over, and it was just, just crazy. And I, I remember one night being in Greensboro, and um, th- like like the night before, Kiss was there. So this was probably 80, 87. Yeah, it was 87. Um, but Rock and Roll, you know, they, they, were, they were still red hot at the time. And and at the time, so so Kiss was there the night before, and then the very next night, you know, we got NWA, and um, so they had a stage there, and the stage was like over there where the baby faces came out of that 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 big tunnel right there in Greensboro, yep. and so uh, so what happened? Ricky and Robert, instead of going uh, coming out of the tunnel, they had to like walk around the stage and then go through the people, and at that time. The, the aisle there, there, there wasn't no aisles like like they they came right through the people to the ring and i remember uh we had elevated seats and i could look straight down and see them and i remember seeing rick and robert go into that massive crowd of people and when they came out their shirts were ripped off robert was having to hold on to the world tag team belt because the, the fans were trying to rip it out of his hand and they were ripping the bandanas off of off of ricky and i thought to myself my God, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be just like those guys. <laughs> you know, it was, it was amazing. It blew me away. Like I never witnessed that. You know, you, you, you know, you always hear stories of how the girls would rip the, you know, you know, try try to rip off the the rock stars' clothes or get locks of their hair. And I literally witnessed that firsthand. Like 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 within you know twenty five feet of where I was sitting, it blew me away. Um, but but when you talk about people being over, you know, like like some of some of the, the the kids nowadays talk about the rock was over. Man, I'm I'm telling you what, I will put I will put the, I will make this bet. The rock might have been over, but rock was nowhere near like the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree with that. They were just over. They they had the look. They had the look. They had the image. You, you know, you know, rock and roll was on a roll in, in the mid to late eighties, and it, it 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 worked. It worked. Because, and you know who had made it work? It wasn't only them, it was who was across the ring from them made it work. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it was all about at the end of the day. Their opponents really made them who they were, and the people followed it. From the tag team end, they were the ones that they followed across the board without any doubt. And whoever else was in the ring with them, good luck that night. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, now the the other thing I, I want to touch base on this real quick before we move on, uh, and, and you know another great team, the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Sweet Stan. Of course, we we've uh, had several um, several types, uh, several different Midnight Express um, combinations. Uh, we had Loverboy Dennis and Beautiful Bobby, Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. What which which combination were was 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 y'all's favorite? Hmm. Oh. Bobby and Stan had more quote tag spots. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they did the Vegematic. They did the the rocket launcher. They did you know the uh, double goozle. You know, but as far as two guys working as one, you got to go with Bobby and Dennis. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I'm going to agree there. I mean, Dennis Condry. I, I, you know, I, I'm an old school guy, Tony. I mean, Dennis was old school. You know, when you knew you were getting the ring with him, God knows what was going to happen. You know, but Stan Lane also brought something to that team to, you know, to keep you know the Midnight Express going. He had the, you know, the dirty blonde hair, and he had the look. So it it, it worked at the end of the day, and it worked for Bobby Eaton as well. But I prefer, you know, Bobby and Dennis because you always knew something was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that you weren't expecting that's going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis was was definitely, uh, you know, a tough, rugged wrestler. And, uh, man, I've, I've seen him stretch a lot of guys. And I was lucky enough to actually get in the ring and work with, uh, with, with Dennis at one point in my wrestling career. And at that point, I said, okay, I can stop wrestling. If, if I don't do anything else in the wrestling business, I can stop now. Because uh, on this particular night, it was me and Ricky Morton against Dennis Condry and George South. And, uh, man, I remember getting in the ring and then locking up with Dennis, man. It, 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 at that point, I was like I was like a 12-year-old kid back in the Greensboro Coliseum, and now I'm Robert Gibson, you know. And I was just like, man, th- th- this is amazing. And, and uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a fun time. And, and, Den- uh, and what a great worker, you know, Dennis is. And, and I, I think a lot of times, you know, he was, he, he, was, he was underrated as far as, you know, because he he really wasn't there when 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 wrestling really took off worldwide. I mean, he was there for for world, but I'm I'm saying like eighty seven, eighty. You know, all those years past that that we're, we're standing, Bobby were, Dennis wasn't there, and um and and I, I feel bad that he wasn't there because I'm I'm like I'm like I'm like Matt and and you and you too, Chris. Uh, Dennis and Bobby were were definitely a you know a, a great addition to the Midnight Express. Absolutely, and. You know, hey, but, but but kudos to Dennis Condry. I mean, because Stan Lane, you know, he was a great replacement. I mean, and it fit when you're when you're going up against the Rock and Roll Express, and and even younger talent, it, it, it fit and it worked. And also, wrestling was changing. Also, someone at that time as well. You know, guys they come and go, they move around, and and it, at the end of the day, it still worked because. They they kept the feud going. Yeah, and Jim sure. Cornette obviously had a big hand in that as well. Yeah, for sure. Because to, to, to uh, add on to that, you know, you lost Juku. A lot of tag teams that have been successful, and maybe somebody else, you know, somebody moved on, and somebody took their place. It usually doesn't get over quite as good. You know, like you know Marty Jannetty and Al Snow as the new Rockers. You know, it didn't get over no. you know, as good as Marty and Sean. Um, you know, or you replace, you know, somebody in a tag team, it usually doesn't, you know, but Stan Lane just jumped in and they didn't even hiccup. Right. And, and, and I heard Cornette say that before. Uh, he said that basically when Stan came in and replaced Dennis, it, 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 it was like people just like, okay, you know, it's a new team. I mean, it's the same team. Let's just keep going with it. And, uh, but, but it was the fact that, that all those guys were kind of, well, you know, they, they all they all kind of came from that same era. I'm talking about Stan and and um, and Bobby 
and Ricky and Robert, they all, you know, were, were like working around that, that Tennessee territory is kind of where they cut their teeth and got their start. So they already knew each other. So the chemistry was there. So Stan just kind of just, he, he just got right in there and, and just took off. And I thought it was amazing. I was waiting for him though, whenever they put Stan and, 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 um, and, um, Bobby together, I was waiting for him to, to change the name from the Midnight Express to the Fabulous Express. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for that one to happen, but 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 I'm glad it didn't. I mean, I, I thought that was a good team. And and speaking of that, um, you know, I, I think this this right here is a, is a cool uh, is a cool concept that um, I don't I don't think many people think about. But talk about a great tag team wrestler. I think the greatest tag team wrestler in the history of professional wrestling is Beautiful Bobby, because it doesn't matter what what person he teamed with, that team was over period they 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 could work and they they got their start um so you know you got bobby and 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 stan and then when bobby and arn anderson was a tag team they they were great um and then uh i thought and, and then think about this for, for a minute so you in the 80s you had the fabulous ones stan lane and steve kern um Beautiful Bobby was in the tag team with both of those guys. He, you know, first he was with Stan, and then later on in 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 the in the nineties, um, they they put him with Steve Kern in world in uh, world championship wrestling um, as the, you know the, the 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 team Bad Attitude. You, you guys remember that? I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I hate that 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 team never because I think if 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 that team would have would have got their push, that that team would would have been would would have been just as good as the Midnight Express, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, we could talk about this all night, Tony, but probably, you know, I'm going to say this match, and I know we've got to go on to the next match and into the war games, but probably they're one of the best matches on the show. I mean, oh, definitely, yeah. and, and probably a majority of why the fans were there, probably outside of the war games, was to see the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. I, I agree, um, and and like I said, moving on the the next match. Why this match was 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 before the War Games it blows it blows my mind. It should have been Rock and Roll Midnight, but Steve Williams versus Dick Murdoch in a Texas Death Match. Um, the, the, this was definitely a a UWF um, match right there. Uh, I'm sure at the time uh, Steve and Dick Murdoch had had a feud, and uh, and man, but. Dick Murdoch, what a what a character he was, huh, Matt? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know how George South gives everybody nicknames. Yep. Uh, we were working one night, and he went to pick me up, and he said, "Come on, Dick Murdoch," and you know, he's called me that ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman uh, worked a uh, six man with Sandman. He's like, "Come on, Dicky," you know. Uh-huh. And to be to be you know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not being quote compared to Dick Murdoch, but just to have someone kind of label you with that name uh you know it's flattering dig murdoch you know one of the greatest performers one of the greatest wrestlers ever uh there's a match on youtube that i, I love watching it's him and barry windham from like 84 ish i think in the wwf and just murdoch selling that i think they they almost go to time limit i think barry pulls it out in like the last couple minutes but this murdoch selling or uh, if you go on the network and watch Murdoch versus Alpha, just Murdoch selling just over the top. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's a funny guy. I, I found this, uh, this promo one time on YouTube and I've tried to find it since then and I can't find it, 
But this this was around about the time. This is about eighty seven. It was when they teamed um, Dick Murdoch up with Ivan Koloff. Okay, now everyone knows that Dick Murdoch is a uh, he, you know he, he was a Marine, right? He's uh, you know completely you know a military guy, right? So they're on Superstation TBS in the studio there, and uh, you know in, in that little building they probably had twenty or thirty or fifty, whatever, it, not a lot, maybe a hundred, but fans in that building. Well, as they walk out there, the fans are getting all over them. You know, they're they're chanting USA, 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 and and like Ivan's talking, uh, and you can hear uh, Dick, you know, talking back. And he's like, "You idiots! Why are you saying USA for? I'm an American, you know." And you hear him saying that, and then when he when he gets the microphone, he says, "Shut up, you bunch of K Fabers!" <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and I said. I said, I love that. I want to. I want to get. I want to get that put on a shirt. I want to get a picture of Dick Murdoch's face and underneath it, shut up, you bunch of kayfabers. Because I mean, that it was love just it. it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony, if I if I could just chime in here, why this match was so deep on the show, I have no idea. Um, the notes I'm reading: Magnum TA was with Steve Williams ringside, and so was Eddie Gilbert with Dick Murdoch. Why it was? It was a Texas Death Match. Uh, it was probably angled as that as far as the promotion went, you know, in Atlanta and just locally. But you know, there was just so much talent behind them to follow the Freebirds and rock and roll. I mean, I don't know if I'd even want to be in that spot personally. No, definitely they got the not. War Games. Uh, right ahead of you it's like whoa i would definitely agree with that yeah yeah definitely a a a tough a tough spot to be in and speaking and and tony if i can chime in quick before we get to the main event my my secretary did some fact checking okay rick rude left for the wwf in early may 87 there it is. May. Made his debut so, July 15th, 87. There in it is. The WWF. So that's why he left. Yeah. And you know, also when he left, he took one half of those NWA tag team belts with him. The beautiful silver with the gold yeah. Eagles. <laughs> he took that with him too. So, so I, I thought that was neat. Interesting there. You know, they mm-hmm. still had Paul Jones and Manny there. And then Ivan, I don't know if they were already maybe promoting this match at this point. I don't know how far they were promoting the show out yep. with the great American bash and where they were in their overall marketing. But Hey, Ivan had a <laughs> he, he he formed a six man tag and really which was a probably for Atlanta a, 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 you know a very important match yeah for de- def- definitely sure and speaking of important matches in Atlanta that takes us to the main event on this show uh, the War Games the match beyond the very first one the Road Warriors Nikita Koloff Dusty Rhodes and Paul Ellering against the Four Horsemen Ric Flair Arn Anderson Lex Luger Tully Blanchard and J J Dillon with Dark Journey. Um, and man, talk about, you know, an amazing match. Uh, and, and I can still see it now. I mean, dusty and orange starting out. Uh, and then of course the road warriors, you know, giving uh, JJ the clothesline off the shoulders and break, you know, and, and, and shoot literally, uh, dislocating JJ's shoulder. Um, man, what, what an amazing match. Um, I, I mean, this was Dusty's dream. This was his idea. You know, I did some some fact-checking here, and, you know, I mean, Tony, actually at this point, you know, the four horsemen were so over at this point. 
when they actually brought Lex Luger over to the Four Horsemen, from me up north watching this from up north, I thought the Horsemen were even more powerful at this point. With Luger on their side, obviously minus Ole Anderson, just because of his size and yeah. stature going into the war games. It was like, we've got the money guy. We've got, you know, <laughs> the money in the bank here. As for say, because Luger was so huge back then, you didn't see that 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 kind of size over. I mean, he was even much bigger than what Nikita was, as far as from a stature standpoint. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Luger had you know Luger at that time. Luger was what wrestlers are now. You know, the, the body guys, the you know, perfect hair. Um, you know, he he was definitely the 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 cookie cutter of what today's guys look like on television. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I was, and, uh, if you remember, just a few short days later, I want to say, and I'm trying to find it, uh, but it's, I'm going from July 4th to the 18th in Charlotte to, like, another to the 31st. So I'm, but when they came to Greensboro, uh, later during the tour, I want to say it was, like, the 25th, 26th. That's when uh, Luger beat Nikita for the U.S. title. Right. Yep. Sure did. Yeah. I mean, he was just so over, you, you, you know, skill-wise in the ring. You know, you know, definitely not, not probably the best of the of the of the you know six other eight guys in there. But from a size standpoint, and if you're a fan saying, "Whoa, you know, Dusty's team's going to have some problems here." I mean, you know, just no matter what's going to happen. You know, they've got some muscle behind them. You know, Flair's going to do his thing. Tully's going to do his thing. You know, Arn's going to do his thing. But, you know, it really was a great replacement overall for the team just to strengthen the whole match. And, and um, um, you know, and, 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 hey, give it up to Dusty. I think if, if my facts correct me, he started the war games. Yeah, yeah. Every time, if, if, yeah, every war games that, that they ever done when, when it was a horseman against Dusty, it was always Dusty and Arn always started. Nobody else. It was always Dusty and Arn. And from a and when you look at the lineup from a conditioning standpoint, I mean, you got Animal Hawk and Great and Nikita was in, in fabulous condition back then. I mean, he mm-hmm. was so over at that point. But it was the pops they got because you never knew who was coming in the ring next. But it always seemed the horsemen always had the advantage in the war games with the two on one, the three on two, yep, <laughs> four on always. three, and then that pop is what it was when. And then when Nikita, I was watching it when Nikita hit the ring and he hit the sickle on someone, the place just exploded. Oh I yeah, mean, it was just like it was just like, and you know, it was a perfect scenario, you know. Dusty was always busted wide open. It was a perfect scenario. I mean, just across the board, and, and it worked. At the end, you knew it was going to be a war no matter what. Yeah. Man, I wish we could go back to those days. Man, you and me both, man, and especially now, <laughs> and, 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 and just watch it because uh, it's, so, it's so different now. And uh, I, I don't even watch it. On, I don't watch it much anymore, I, you know, unfortunately, but – but I do love watching this old stuff and and uh, reliving it and, and, and yeah, I mean it's, it's like 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 when you watch these war games and all this old stuff, man is it was like lightning in a bottle. I mean you could not there, there there's no way that 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 
that the, the heat and and everything they did back then could could ever could ever be replicated today. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I actually watched the war games. I, I found a video um, on YouTube yesterday when they did the the final war games at the uh, Orange Bowl in Miami with no commentators, mm-hmm. just the, just them in the ring. And I mean, Dusty was a mess. But every move he made, I'm talking Flair. Flair just got clotheslined. The place went absolutely ballistic. And, and you just don't see that today. It's just you know, like the fans are just on the edge of their feet on, on, on every move. Yeah, yeah. always. I mean, and, and, and I think that's what's missing a lot with today's wrestling is, you know, number one, everybody knows it's a work. You know, that, that the horse has left the barn on that one. Yep. Um, but you know, now everybody wants to be a critic. Everybody wants to be an armchair booker. When back then you went to watch the show, yeah, you know, you didn't right. go to critique the matches and, you know, it was a five star match or a negative two, you know, you, you went for the drama and just same reason you go to the movie, same reason you go to a NASCAR race or a football game, you know, you went to be entertained and, and to enjoy the event. And now it's now you know, everybody's yeah, a critic. Yeah. Now, you know, I, like like I have I have been on shows, and see you know see these marks out there with a laptop in their hand, and they're on Facebook, and they're 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 like doing these the the these shows, watching these shows, and they're saying, oh, you know, Matt Houston hit this, and Tony did that, and and you know I give it a one star or two. Listen, have you ever been in the ring? Then shut up, because you don't know anything about about what about what we do and how we do it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I get, I get hot when I think about the, 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 like you said, these, these armchair bookers that, that know nothing about the business. Um, uh, but they're on there, you know, acting like they, they know everything. It drives me nuts. Yeah. I, mean, just, I, I get so aggravated with it. It's crazy. Well, fans uh, that that's going to wrap up this week's flashback. Uh, what, a, what a great show. And, uh, you guys have, have any parting words, before we before we go to the main event of the binge buster show I, I I mean Tony you couldn't have picked a much better show the Omni Atlanta if I'm counting correctly between uh, uh, managers referees wrestlers on the show you're looking at over 50 different people they saw in the ring over a 12 or 13 match period without even having a battle royal yeah in yeah there. i mean and, they, uh, what what a great array of talent and what a great time for professional wrestling and not not just in jim crockett promotions but just across the board it was a great great time to be a fan you know back then and 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 they didn't even know where wrestling was going from there and and for jim crockett they were in a great spot and, and really cleaning up in, in their areas that they were running yes. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was a great uh, a great time, like you said, to be a to be a wrestling fan, and a good time to be a wrestler because back then they were getting paid off of the. Uh, I, I'm sure a few of them had had contracts, but most of them were getting paid off 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 how many butts they were putting in seats, and they were putting out some really good stuff at uh, back back in '87. And one more fact on this show, Tony. I know we got to get to Matt is this was the final show for Jim Crockett Promotions that they were doing closed-circuit television in other cities. They went to pay-per-view after this with Starcade yep. in mm-hmm. November. So there was a lot of transition going on, cable television back in the day. So they were also growing as well into other markets. And, 
and that actually helped them with Starcade in November '87 going to pay per view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, fans, we'll we'll hang tight. When we come back, we're going to have uh, the the main show. The main reason why we're here, we're gonna we're gonna listen to Matt Houston tell his story of how he started out wrestling and where he's at now. Coming up right after this. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. We are sitting here now with our guest, one half of the Mid-Atlantic Outlaws, Matt Houston. And we we just got through breaking down the Great American Bash. Now we are going to break down Matt Houston's illustrious wrestling career. Matt, welcome to the Bench Buster Show. Um, Again, guys, pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on. So let's let's get this thing started, man. Uh, I I know for me, you – you and I are similar in age. You you, you, you you do have a few months on me, but uh, but but you know, both both of us started wrestling about the same time. Um, you know, and 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 our heroes were about, or, or, or or almost the same. Um, but 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 tell the binge buster listeners at home when when did you really first get into pro wrestling? Uh, well, you know, just like you, I've been a fan of it all my life. Um. When I was a kid, you know, we live, my, my, me and my folks live like two blocks from the Coliseum. So anytime there was wrestling there, you know, my, my dad would, you know, we'd walk over to the Coliseum and go to the shows. And, uh, you know, the earliest show I can ever remember going to, uh, I don't remember who I was on the show, but I do remember it was like late 70s. Uh, Ernie Ladd wrestled Ricky Steamboat in the semi-main event. And then the main was... Uh, Paul Jones and Baron Von Raschke against Ric Flair and Black Jack Mulligan in a Texas Tornado match. Hooked. I knew that's what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, all through uh, elementary school, all through middle school, high school. Hey, what you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a wrestler. Uh, my uncle uh, knew a guy that was in the business, uh, the Iron Chief. And, you know, he introduced us and Chief introduced me to the promoter that he was working for at that time. They were work, he was working for CCWA, uh, Carolina Championship Wrestling Alliance, in, in, uh, based in the uh, Selma Smithfield area. Uh, Jerry Kennett was running that at the time. So uh, I got hooked up with them uh, December 1991. Uh, I started ring announcing. I started uh, – they had like a little TV show that if you lived outside the county, you couldn't get. So – um, and I had like a little Joe Pettacino type segment on there. Uh, and me and a guy named Joe, uh, Jim Massengill did the uh, commentary for the matches. Uh, and that's actually how I got started in the business. And then, uh, you know, of course, there were some good guys there, uh, like a Jerry Kennett who worked under the name Condor Warlord and then later Brute, um, Mad Dog, uh, Mike Maverick, uh, David Taylor. The young guy, I don't know if y'all heard of him or not, Shane Helms was there. Um, you know, uh, C.W. Anderson was there, Pat and C.W., a uh, tremendous tag team. And actually, that's how C.W. and I got uh, to be friends. And I started training with C.W. And two years later, December 1993, I made my in-ring debut in a battle royal in Newport News, Virginia, uh, working with Pat. We uh, were working for Pat. Um, and then... 
it's been has been a roller coaster ride ever since. Yeah, I mean that's uh you know I think that's really cool how how you were there when when some of these big stars like CW and Shane were starting out. Uh, you know, you, you were cutting your teeth around the same time they were. Um, I, I know that's 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 that you know that that's definitely an amazing feeling. Uh, you know, to 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 know you you were there when they started, and to know that even though though those guys have been you know to the big time, they're they're they they, they still look at you as as your friend. They you know they they didn't you know get 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 that attitude where you know uh, he, you know Matt didn't make it where I'm at, so I'm not going to speak to him anymore. You know, I I think that that says volumes about the about both of those guys. Yeah, I mean those guys. Jeez, uh, who else? Matt and Jeff. You know, I mean, a little later on, you know, working with Matt and Jeff and on the same shows with them. I, I didn't have the privilege of sharing the ring with them, but you know, I was on the same shows with Matt and Jeff Hardy and uh, you know Shannon Moore and you know, I, I was really happy happy for those guys. You know, they got the shot and they they mm-hmm. you know they did really well for themselves. Um, here's a little known story. I'm not sure if you know this story or not. Um, you know, when I started out working, I was working under a hood and then they hadn't, you know, taken some referee bookings, uh, you know, other places. Um, 94 ish, maybe 95. Uh, I was on a show in Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh, and, uh, Rob Van Dam wrestled, was, was, well, was supposed to wrestle Sabu in the main event. Uh, and, for some reason, Sabu wasn't there, so he ended up working with Barb, who, uh, and I love Barbarian. Barbarian's oh, like yeah. one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, but, you know, so I riffed like pretty much the whole show. Well, you know, Rob Van Dam and Scotty Riggs, you know, are, are really tight. So uh, Riggs was there uh, in the crowd with Chris Cruz. And uh, so, like, intermission, you know, I'm standing there talking with a couple of the guys, and Cruz walks back there and he goes, Brother, you are the best referee I have ever seen in my life. Here's my card. Get me a tape. I guarantee you a job in WCW. Of course, he was doing commentary at that point. Yeah. Well, me and my ignorance looked at him and said, no, thanks, brother. I'd rather wrestle. Oh, no. So he goes, well, here, take the card anyway, just in case you change your mind. Well, my best, my best friend at the time was standing there, and he's like, "Brother, are you, are you kidding? <laughs> give me, give me the shirt. I'll do it." Um, you know, so he he talked me into it like a couple weeks later, and I'm like, "All right." You know, so uh, I got the tape together, and I got in touch with Chris, and so we were gonna meet uh, in Winston Salem. I was still living in uh, Wilson at the time. We were gonna meet in Winston Salem so I could get the tape to him. And by the time I got the tape to him, he had already you know been released. So oh, no. I was, I was, I was a shoestring away from being in WCW. You know, uh, yeah, man. So it wasn't like I didn't have my shot. I just, I blew my own shot. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, but the rest of the guys, like you said, I mean, you know, I, I still talk to Shane occasionally. I know, he, you know, Shane's a super busy guy. Um, I still talk to CW you know, every once in a while. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, no egos at all with those guys. I mean, they're just, you know, just, we've known each other for 25 years. You know, yeah. and, it's just, and it, it kind of hurts my feelings to say it, you know, the, it's been that long. But, uh, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time, and, you know, I, I've got the utmost respect for those guys. Yeah, for definitely sure. Now, um, m- m- moving on with your wrestling career, um, 
I know you've uh, just like me. We've uh, both uh, have wrestled in, in a lot of lot of places, a lot of places. But if if you could pick your favorite place to work to wrestle, where where would that be? Uh, yeah, that one I might have to think about for a while. I is, you know, like you said, I wrestled a lot of different places. Uh, of course, I love the old Empire. Oh, yeah. Thomas Will, you know, where mm-hmm. we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, you know, it was, I mean, you couldn't fit, but, you know, 40, 50 people in that little building, but man, they were, they, it was weekly shows on Sunday nights and they were, they were packed to the gills just about every night and hot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed working there. Um, ooh, I've enjoyed working, uh, you know, in, in the three different, three or four different buildings that CWF would work in because they always had hot crowds. Um, and the uh, American Legion in Wilson was always a good place to you know, to work. Uh, crowds there were always hot and you know really appreciative. So um, those would probably be my top three. Uh, you know, like uh, from back in the day. Now, currently, um, I, I love working in Clayton. Uh, you know. The NCWA always, always packs the house. Um, you know, good times working there. Uh, All Star Wrestling in West Virginia uh, with Gary Dameron. Great houses. You know, the, the the crowds there are. I mean, it's, it's like walking back in time when you know when I wrestled there because they they pop off arm drags and headlocks. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so the, the, currently those are probably my two favorite places to work in Pelham. You know, you, you can't overlook Pelham. Pelham. That crowd, you know, they're they're always smoking hot as well. Yeah, I was gonna say same thing. I mean, I I haven't been there in a long time, but but I remember when I'd go there, man, I just walk through the curtain. I wouldn't have to say anything. Just walk through the curtain, they see my face, man. They're already all you know all over me. Um, <laughs> easy easy crowd to work, but but old school at at its best. I mean, uh, man, great great places. Uh, I, I I agree with you on those. Although I haven't never been down down to the West Virginia. Um, but, but I have seen videos and, and it's definitely, you know, you're not lying, hot, hot crowd, uh, old 80 style people that just love wrestling. They really do. And, you know, it's just, you know, and, you know, like you said earlier, you know, you can never get the kind of heat, you know, that, you know, they got back in the day. So, you know, people know, people know. Yeah. And, you know, so. The, the first time, the first time Lewis and I went up to West Virginia, um, you know, after the show, you know, we're, you know, people are coming up to us and, you know, again, the compliments, you know, guys, you remind me of Terry Funk and Dick Murdoch or, uh, you know, Terry and Dory. And, you know, those compliments from the, from the fan. Now, you know, if it's somebody, you know, that, you know, one of the boys or whatnot. Okay. But when the fan, because the fans are the ones that are buying tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that are spending their hard-earned money to come see. So, you know, their opinion, you know, really matters. That's that's really the only one that matters. Right, yeah, for um, sure. You know, and, of course, you know, when they come up and, you know, give you compliments like that, you know, it, it, it just makes you feel good, you know. And like I say, it's a, it's an old-school crowd there, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to miss being up there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely. I mean, I, 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 I love I – love, you know, work in places like that where, where the people now, you know, back years ago when, when, when I was, when I was working like for, you know, every, every weekend, every month, 
um, I, I used to work for this company up in Lenore and, and at that time, um, that, that, that town was kind of like that. Like I remember going up there and going, my gosh, these, these people are going nuts because I pulled the guy's hair. <laughs> you know, th- this is going to be easy. I ain't got to kill myself. You know, um, right. I, I love that. You know, that, 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 that makes your, it makes you work. Not, 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 I ain't saying work lazy, but you don't have to kill yourself and go out there and, and really get the crowd going. So when you do work hard, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're even more excited, you know? Yep. Um, now, uh, the, the next question I got for you, um, and I ain't trying to put you on a spot on this one because I, I know this list is a mile long. Um, favorite guys to, to, to work with? Uh, number one, my number one favorite guy to work with, especially in, when we're, we're working single tags, it don't matter, Rob McBride. Uh, you know, Rob and, I, Rob and Rob will tell you the same thing. I'm his favorite opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rob and I have known each other for – since '95, so 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just I, I just enjoy being in the ring with him. Um, as far as tag teams, uh, I love working with the Dawson brothers. Uh, you know, and they're you know they're starting. That's another team that's you know really starting to make their mark and you know move their way up the ladder in wrestling. You know, they've been on the uh, on the NWA uh, show, and you know they're. I love working with those guys. Um, of course, you know, I, I love working with the Italian assassin, even though I almost killed him. <laughs> <That's You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anytime you and I got in the ring, man, it was it was so much fun. You know, I mean, I, I, I want to take one of them arm drags on. I, I was I was about to say that, uh, Chris. Every time that that uh, that um, that me and Henry worked together, uh, first thing he would say, "Now, brother, when we get out there, the first thing I'm doing is calling arm drag." I'm gonna take that arm drag from you. <laughs> he always said that, you know? and and I remember one time we were um I, I'm I, I can't remember where we were at here uh where where we was at doing this show, but we were doing I think it might have been Thomasville. It was it was Thomasville for um for uh Joe for for Joe Storm. Um, we were doing a tag, and I remember you uh you, you were in the back talking. The guys were you know the, the guys in our match was going over their stuff. And you said, I don't care what we do, but I'm taking the arm drag from Tony. <laughs> I said, man, what a compliment that is. And, and, I, and I think you called the arm drag like three different times <laughs> in that match. But, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, and, and, and what's crazy is like, you know, most of the time I work heel. So heels don't really throw arm drags. So I don't really get a chance to do my arm drag. And, um, you know, you, you were like one of the first guys to, to compliment me on my arm drag. And the, the next one, um, Oh my gosh! Let me try to remember his name. His name skips me right now. But um, uh, nope. Brad Thomas. Me, me, uh, re, uh, remember Brad Thomas that that used to always come around with uh, with Bobby Eaton. Yep. Okay. So one night I'm on I'm on the show and it's um it was me and uh, me and beautiful Bobby. I guess my cousin Mark and George South, and uh, of course I, I I do the arm drag on Mark a couple of times, and <clears throat> after the show we go to the back, and uh, and 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 he walked up to me. He said, "Brother," he said, "the last time I saw an arm drag like that, it came from Ricky Steamboat," and I thought, "Man, what a compliment!" And then Bobby says, "Yeah, I, I was wanting to take it too, but I forgot what you know you, uh, you uh, I, I was your partner." <laughs> I, said, I said, "Oh man." So thanks, Bobby. I appreciate that. So, uh, so at that point, I said, "Okay, that, 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 that's that's pretty good." But yeah, I don't, I don't, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't done arm dragon so long. But I may have to, I may have to do that next time I work. But yeah, that 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 was some fun times, and um, yeah, it was great. Um, now 
uh, you, you mentioned a name, Rob McBride, Chris, and I know right now uh, Matt and I are going back and forth, but all those all those times of you run a new dimension, please tell me that Rob McBride worked for you. Yes, Rob did. Um, yes, he did several times, and uh, always a great guy to work with. Um, you know, always <laughs> whatever he asks, like let me just get in the ring, and uh, um, you, you know, it, it well liked in the it well liked in the back as well with all the guys. Yeah. Uh, too. So I mean, you know, Rob is great. He's done great things, you know, you know, for the area, for the independent promotion, for the Carolinas and, and, and the surrounding area. And hey, man, he's, he's still chugging along, doing his thing. And uh, you know, he's <laughs> he's faced a whole cast of characters in the ring throughout his career. And uh, I mean, he'd have war stories for us to to, to go to till probably tomorrow night if we wanted to talk about it. But uh, you know, great guy to work with and. Um, Obviously, Matt as well, and uh, man, I mean, just great times. You know, you're you're bringing back names of, of guys that did well in the industry, both locally and even on the national international scene. And it, it, it was a great time just to be in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was and 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 Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, okay, if 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 you and I could have broken into the business, let's let's be honest, you and I both would have picked the '80s, but. During the time that, that that you and I was getting our start, I mean that that was all that was also a great time to to, to be breaking in because there 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 were so many places that 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 you could actually go work, you know. Uh, there really was. I mean, and, you know, there was a promotion. You know, it almost felt like there was a promotion on every street corner. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, like you said, you know, we, there was times we were booked, you know, two three times, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, every weekend mm-hmm. uh, for the month, you know, and um, it was just, it was crazy. You know, it, was, it was a good time because, like I say, you, I mean, you didn't have to, you know, who's running this week? I mean, everybody was running. Yeah, yeah, it was good times. Now, speaking of good times, I want to I want to talk a little bit about when whenever you were were running shows and and we were we were doing them shows, uh, um, you know, there there in Lexington, North Carolina, at the Armory. Uh, packing that place out, having some good times. But uh, one of my most memorable uh, times during that was uh, whenever we, 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 we would do that Toys for Tots. And, we and we, we you know, you, you take a group of us up to Fox 8 and we, we'd get on television and on, on, the morning, on the morning talk show. And uh, uh, tell us, tell us uh, you know, about that and, 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 and share with the people how, just how, how successful that Toys for Tots campaign was. Well, you know, uh, Fox 8 does that every year, you know, the Fox 8 gets for kids and, um, you know, where I had, you know, done a couple of things with them, you know, in the past, uh, you know, I mentioned doing a show for them and, you know, of course they were all over it. Um, so they gave us a little, you know, spot on the morning news, the week of the show. And then we would do, you know, $10 or any, you know, unwrapped toy, uh, you know, and, and everything that came through that door went to Fox 8 and, I mean, gosh, for about three or four years, you yeah. know, we did that event and, um, you know, they were always so appreciative, you know, every time we, you know, cause we take, you know, they pick up trucks full of you know, boxes of toys and, you know, taking the cash, you know, most people would, would actually go out and buy the toys, which was actually really, really cool. Cause that way I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> worry about handling much cash. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, I mean, they, they were so appreciative of all of it, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we, it was a good time you know, for a good call. 
And, you know, of course, you know, I still do that to this day as far as, you know, not wouldn't necessarily fight big just for kids, but, you know, the yearly event that we run for uh, communities and schools in Thomasville. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's another one that we'll touch on a little bit, but, but, but Chris, I got, I got, I got, I got to tell you a funny story. So the, the first time that, 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 that Matt took me up there to Fox eight, you know, I'm, this is my first time being like on, on, you know, the, the, the Fox eight morning show. And, uh, and then Chris, I, I know at one time you lived down that, down that area. So do, do you, uh, remember Cindy farmer on, on that show? The blonde Cindy Farmer. I do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. so, so the format they were doing, they would, they, 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 uh, they, they brought Matt in first, and, and, and of course he's telling about the show, and then, and then say, oh, who's this over here? And they bring, you know, bring, bring, you know, different, different one of us to come in. Well, this one guy that that was, I guess, it was our ring announcer, right, Matt? But, yeah. but, but <laughs> Matt's already laughing because he knows the story I'm about to tell. So, oh boy. So, so Cindy Farmer is actually off camera. Like, like she's, she's, she's not on the show. She's sitting over there waiting, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to, for, for them to cut away from us, go to her. Um, what, what was the guy's name uh, from Fox 8 that was actually doing the interviews? I want to say it was Brad Jones. Brad, it was mm-hmm. Brad Jones. Brad Jones. So Brad Jones is, 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 is talking to all his wrestlers and he looks over and goes, well, who's this guy right here? And, I come on, and the ring announcer guy is wearing this straw cowboy hat, right? He gets up there, and he says, oh, th- this is terrific, Tony. He's he's one of the bad guys or whatever. And I get on. I said, listen, let me tell you something. I said, if you wear that hat 10 more years, it might come back in style. And when I said that, Cindy Farmer is busting out laughing, like, off stage. She's laughing so hard, the cameras are picking up her laugh because she's just laughing. And mm-hmm. so when, when we get done with our little spot and, and they go to commercial, Cindy tells me, she goes, you don't need to be a wrestler. You need to be a comedian. You're funny. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you have a new career. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was fun times, but yeah, I mean, when, 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 when Matt uh, would, would, uh, would, would put these things together and the fans would come out, not only that, not, not just the fans, but the boys, uh, it, it seemed like that they worked harder uh, during, during these shows and um you know it's an amazing time and and uh another another memory came to my mind was when um again Matt's trying to look Matt's trying to protect me and I'm not listening okay so Matt Matt tells me hey Tony I got I got this spot for you you're going to love this brother so I got Jake Roberts on the show I said okay okay sounds good he goes yeah here's the deal okay he's working George South and I said okay but here's where you come into play I said, all right. He said, he's going to DDT George and get the three count. I said, okay, perfect. He goes, then you're going to run in the ring and get George out of the ring. I said, okay. He goes, then he's going to DDT you and put the snake on you. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm all about it. I'll do that. So that day I'm at work and I go out for pizza and have lunch. And all of a sudden I start feeling sick. So I'm thinking, maybe it's my nerves. Maybe I'm just... I'm just nervous about getting the snake put on me. Maybe that's maybe that's, that's that's just my nerves, right? As the minutes go by, I get sicker. Okay, I'm sweating. I feel like I'm going to puke. I feel like I'm going to. I, I'm just very sick. So I tell my boss, "Hey, I got to go home." He says, "Yeah, right. You're not sick. You're faking because I know you're going to a wrestling show tonight. I already told you I'll let you home. I'll let you go off early, but no." You can't leave yet. I said, brother, you don't understand. I, I think I'm dying. I am not going to no wrestling show tonight. I'm going to the hospital. I do not feel well. So I lived at that time about 30 minutes from the house or from work. Get in my car. I'm driving. 
my girlfriend at the time, I, 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 I call her. I said, listen, you, you, I don't feel well. I'm, I'm on my way home, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, something ain't right. She says, you're just scared because you're going to get a snake put on you tonight. No, I'm not scared, you know. <laughs> and so by the time I get to my house, I'm starting to see like like little blue lights, like 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 little little blue dots. I'm like, if, if I'll hurry to get home, I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die here in my car driving down the road. Now, stupid me should have pulled over, but I didn't. I kept going. So as I'm going in my house now, by this time, I'm hurting in the nuts. I mean, I feel like somebody had just low blowed me so hard. So. I'm sweating profusely. It's like I'm a puke. So as I'm going in the house, I'm taking off all my clothes and I'm screaming, right? And 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 she says, "What do you mean to do?" I said, "Call nine one one." But before you do that, call Matt and tell him I'm not going to be at the show. I'm sick, and I'm so mad, right? So I'm still thinking about Matt and the show. But you know, don't don't call ambulance first. Call him first, you know. So of course she lets him know, "Hey, Tony's in the hospital." Well, turns turns out I had a kidney stone. Okay. Kidney stone. So I'm I'm there in the hospital, and uh, luckily, thank goodness, this happened at like noon. So I'm in the Thomasville Hospital till like four, and um, now I go to the hospital with no clothes. All my clothes are at home. So the doctor comes in and says, "Okay, here's the prognosis. You have a kidney stone." I said, "Okay, we're gonna give you some medicine. You'll be okay." I'm like, "All right." So give me the medicine, and like all of a sudden, I, I must have passed it because I felt great. So I say to the doctor, I said, hey, doc, I got a question for you. He said, yeah. I said, so, which is a kidney stone. So I'm, I'm okay. He goes, well, yeah, you're okay, but you want, you, you want to take it easy for the next few days. I said, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm a pro wrestler, and I'm wrestling Jake the Snake Roberts tonight. Can I, can I still make the show? And he says, what do you mean you're a pro wrestler? And, and I said, I'm a pro wrestler. And tonight, I, as this is my only shot. I'm wrestling Jake Roberts, and I got to be there. So can I be there? And he goes, well, like, like, what are you going to be doing? I said, like, I'm going to be wrestling like you see on television. And he says, oh, like the Hulk Hogan. I said, yeah. He says, I don't think, and, and like this doctor was like, he was foreign. He wasn't American. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, well, I think it's a great idea. So get me out of here so I can get to the building. I still got time. So I leave, I leave the building, I leave the hospital, y'all. I have no clothes. So I leave the hospital in a hospital gown, <laughs> right? Holding the back, walking out barefoot. We get home, I get my bag, I get to the show, and Matt says, you're not working. I said, oh, boy, no, nah, man. You remember this? You remember this, Matt? You said, you're not working. You're not working. I said, yo, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. He puts me in a six, man. He tells the other guys, don't let Tony in the ring. And soon as, and, and, and matter of fact, we worked a six man against you. And I remember uh, as soon as you get in the ring, you looked over and you shook your head at me like, no, you're not coming in this ring. And I reached over and tagged out that guy, that guy Chris, I get in the ring. And you said, you son of a, what are you doing? <laughs> And I said, I said, I'm doing the arm drag. I'm doing the arm drag. He said, for once, I'm not taking it. Yes, you are. <laughs> we argued about it for a minute. You remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> hey, it was Tony, no, if I, if I may interject, knowing you, I, I, I think when you asked the doctor the question, am I good to go tonight? I think the answer was already in your head before the doctor even oh, said anything. If, you, if, you were going. No, I think it, the green light was already in your head. It was. If the if the doctor said if you go if you go to this ring tonight you know you're you're you, you won't be able to walk tomorrow I I still would have went because for one you know 
for one, you know, Matt, Matt is, Matt is, he's not a friend. He's a brother. He's always been a brother to me. Uh, so I had a commitment to my brother. I told him I'd be there and not only that, but how many times in your life can you say that you got DDT'd and get the snake put on you from, from Jake Roberts? So I was like, I wasn't passing that. I wasn't passing Probably that up, only you know, yeah. it was great. But, um, but yeah, that, 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 that was a fun time. But yeah, I think that was one of the first times he was like, you're not getting in this ring. Don't do not get in this ring. I'm like, and, and he's yelling, he's yelling, and Matt's yelled at the guys, don't tag Tony in. <laughs> it was funny Love it. and i was in there anyway didn't care it was great but 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 you know all those times man running there in lexington man the, again yeah we, we we didn't do a lot but but what we did it, it drew people you know what i mean yep that's right i mean it, mm-hmm. it, it was good stuff um now moving on um tell us about the the uh, the uh, mid-atlantic outlaws and and how and how that 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 great team has you know came to be. Uh, that's kind of a long story. Um, we actually first started tagging. I was tagging with Johnny Lightning uh, mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, we were doing the New Age Freebirds. And we, of course, we wanted the third guy, you know, and Lewis was just breaking in. So there was the three of us doing the New Age Freebirds. You know, any any combination could work because you know there were some shows I couldn't make, some Lewis couldn't make, some Lightning couldn't make. So, you know, we, we were basically interchangeable, you know, and we could, we could work that style. Um, well, uh, Lewis started doing some single stuff. So me and Lightning were still tagging. And then, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, parted ways. And uh, I started going up to AIWF in Mount Airy uh, with Drake Tungsten. Uh, we were teaming in as Notorious. And uh, they had a group up there called the Old School Mafia. And it was the uh, it was Chuck King. There's a blast from the past. It was Chuck King, uh, Jackie, and J.D. Anderson, Lewis, and Jimmy Love. And so you know, we were, then like I said, me and Drake were just up there, you know, just kind of doing our own thing. And uh, you know, they they wanted to branch the mafia out because you know AIWF was starting to expand. So they had like the the Tennessee version of the of the mafia, which was Jackie and J.D. and a couple of the guys that worked over there. And then they put me and Drake in and, uh, you know, then Drake started, you know, he, he wanted, you know, do some different stuff and he was taking other bookings. So they needed, you know, the, a solid tag team and Lewis and I just, you know, started tagging back again. And it's, you know, it's been the mid Atlantic outlaws pretty much ever since that's been at least a good 10 years. Yeah. I, I, you know, I remember when, when you guys first started, uh, teaming together, you know, I was, I was still, you know, hanging around and doing some stuff with you. And, um, and as a matter of fact, I think we, uh, the first time I, I, I think, uh, I got to work with you guys, uh, whenever you, you were running Lexington, I believe it was me and I'm trying to remember that, that, that kid's name. Um, but, but he and I were, uh, you made us a team and I think, uh, you ended up putting us over in that. It was, it was, it was, it was like our version of the Crockett cup. You, you remember that? And, um, and and I, and I, and and I think the finals was were, were were actually you you and Lewis against me and him, um, but yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I, I but can't I, not remember who I had your team with now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was he was he was the the little the little the, the really young good looking kid. Um, when when whenever you first started running up there, I came up there. I said, "Hey, put put me with him. I, I, I want to work. I want to work with this little guy." I, I can't remember his name though. 
It was it was Chris, uh, Chris's uh, cousin or brother. Oh, uh, Ryan Marquet. Ryan Marquet, yeah, 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 yeah. Put put us together in it, and we were a team at that. Like we worked each other, then he turned heel, and uh, and then I think we ended up working. Uh, it was either you and Lewis or Lewis and and uh, Jimmy Love, but one one of those two combinations. But yeah, I, I definitely you know remember when when you guys got together, and and I think one of the things uh, that that I like the best about you guys is is how you guys are so old school. And so, you know, eighties type 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 gimmick and, and and it just works, you know? Right. And and you know, when we first started tagging, I mean, you know, it, it was over, you know, we were working everywhere. Um, you know, but as we all know, the business changes and you know, you gotta change with it. And, you know, let's be honest, Lewis and I are like you said, we're old school. You know, we don't do, you know, hundred miles an hour, you know, we actually sell. Mm-hmm. You know, what a concept. We actually sell. Um, you know, to, to, you know, give me a minute to sell. I don't want to take a bump and then jump right back up and be ready for the next spot, you know? Yep. And I think that's, yeah. And, and Lewis and I talk about this all the time. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, we're, we're not as busy as we once were. Uh, well that plus, you know, Lewis had a back injury and he took some time off, uh, took about a year, year and a half off. Um, you know, but I think it's because we're, we're too old school. Yeah. You know, but, but again, I mean, that's, that's what I grew up on. That's what he grew up on, you know, and that's, you know, and again, it depends on the crowd too, you know, just like I said, the, the, the folks in West Virginia, man, God bless them, the, you know, arm drag, you know, and a headlock and a tackle, you know, they're, they're out of their seat. Um, you know, so, the, you know, so they, they still appreciate old school wrestling. And you have some people in the crowds, you know, now that do, but, you know, like I said, we don't go a hundred miles an hour, you know, we actually sell and, you know, you know, try to work. So, you know, I mean, and, and again, it's, you know, again, like I said, Lewis took, you know, some time off and, you know, that kind of, you know, slowed us down and derailed us a little bit, but, um, you know, he's back and, you know, we've been, you know, working solid, you know, again for the light for the last year or so. Yeah. Um, yeah so we're still, we're still plugging when we can. Yep, for sure. Now that, and, and that takes us to the, 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 um, uh, you know, as far as uh, of of all all of your accomplishments with the New Age, um, or I'm sorry, the the Mid Atlantic Outlaws, um, you guys have been in the ring with with probably the best or some of the best, um, you know, out there. Um, what's 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 like 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 some of the highlights that 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 you can remember as far as what will always will stick out in your mind uh, once once you're done wrestling. You can look back and say, "Yeah, you know that that you know there was that time that that Lewis and I worked." Blah blah blah. What what's what's like? What's, what's some of the matches that stand out in your mind in that team? Ah, man, there's so many. Um, well, as far as working with names, uh, you know, we've worked with the Rock and Roll a couple times. Again, you know, that's always fun. Uh, I remember the first time we tagged. We were in a. You know, he, he does the. They do the Survivor Series. Well, they strive to survive every year. Um, you know, with the elimination match and, uh, one year it was, God, I don't even remember who all was, was in the match, but I remember the powers of pain were on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know Barb, you know, is a beast, but when Warlord came out, I was like, holy crap, holy crap, that dude is huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, and we worked with them, you know, in, in that, uh, scenario and we, you know, worked with them a couple of times in, you know, just regular tag matches. 
Um, yeah, so that was always fun. Uh, we worked with Barb and Ming, uh, which was very interesting. Uh, yeah. Ming, good gracious. Good gracious. I would not want to make that man mad. No. And I actually did once. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and caught a, caught a boot right in the grill for it. But, you know, what can you do? Uh-huh. Um, you know, we worked with, you know, we worked with so many, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, locally working with, you know, like I said, the Dawson brothers or working with, uh, you know, the Gorilla Squad or, uh, you know, working with Charlie Dreamring and Casey McKnight, who is now, uh, you know, Dax Harwood with FTR, formerly of the Revival. Um, you know, I, those were probably some of my favorite matches. Um, God, we did a two out of three falls with them one night in Clayton. Um, we went 45 minutes. Uh, Tommy Young was the referee, and we had to deal with the three judges at ringside. Um, Ronnie Garvin, Nikita Koloff, and Matt Superstar. That was that was a good one. We went, you know, we went to time limit, and of course, you know, they won with the with the uh, judges' decision. But um, you know, that was always fun. There was one night we were supposed to work with La Resistance um, up in West Virginia for Gary Dameron, and uh, something happened with Renee Renee Dupree's flight, but. You know, we were looking forward to that. That would have been a tremendous opportunity for us. Um, gosh, man, I mean, just so many. There's just so many people, you know, that we've that we've worked with. That, um, you know, working with Valiant and working with, you know, Ricky and Robert and, you know, the powers of pain. And it's just, you know, it's just always been fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, that that takes us to the, the, the blockbuster – uh, announcement that that you made on Facebook last week that really blew me and I'm sure uh, all your hundreds and millions and thousands of fans and family and friends out there. Uh, you announced the, the, the Matt Houston's retirement. Uh, tell us about that and what 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 led you up to making that decision. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm almost 48 years old. You know. Uh, you know, and I'm honestly, I had thought about it, you know, during last year, you know, and I talked to uh, my wife about it and, um, you know, was, was kind of toying with the idea. And of course, you know how she is. You're not going to quit. So oh, then yeah. she turns yeah. around and buys me brand new <laughs> wrestling boots for Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so then I couldn't quit. Right. She'd be mad at me though. Um, but, you know, I, I talked to her a little bit, you know, after the first of the year and, you know, especially, you know, when, during the quarantine and the COVID, you know, where, you know, nobody's doing anything. And, you know, I was just, I've been going for so long, I guess so much, you know, that once it was, it wasn't there for me to go do, I was able to, you know, look around and say, hey, you know, I got, you know, a little girl, you know, just turned 16 years old, you know, it's a sophomore this year, you know, where does the time go? And, you know, I got two grandchildren who, uh, by the way, we're in the process of adopting. Oh, good. Congratulations. You know, it's, you know, and, you know, like I say, you couldn't go anywhere. So, you know, we're here together and it's like, I'm enjoying my time off. I'm enjoying this time with the family. So, you know, I talked to her, I talked to Lewis, you know, and, um, you know, like I said in the promo, you know, I prayed about it and I just, it, it's just time, you know, it's just time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go through the end of the year with, you know, what I've already been booked on. Um, you know, cause I'm not just going to say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, not going to renege on my bookings. I'm going to, you know, 
honor my word. And after that, then, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm still going to be involved. Uh, I know pure pro wrestling has asked me to you know, help them with the book. Um, so I'm going to be doing some of that. Um, the NCWA has reached out to me about, you know, maybe a position there. Um, but as far as in ring, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be done. Right now, do uh, you have your 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 final match planned out yet? Uh, I do not. Okay, but I've had so many people say I want one more match. So yep. promoters, <laughs> promoters, get with these guys and book it. I'm just saying, and and tell them to tell them to uh, book Terrific Tony, the Italian assassin, whoever, so I can at least give you one more arm drag too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now you know. In closing the, the podcast, uh, one, one a few things I want to touch on that um, that that you know may, means a lot to me, um, and I and I and I'm and I'm sure that that you feel the same way. Um, you know, Ricky Morton, whenever he was at the um, Hall of Fame, he 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 said something about him and Robert. He said that that him and Robert had 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 had, had went through. Uh, great times together. They had been through bad times together. They had been through uh, it, it, together through life's tragedies. And w- when when I when I heard that, um, I heard him say that only one person came to my mind. That was you, um, because when when he when Ricky was saying that to Robert, but in my mind, I'm like, that's that's me and he, that you know that I, I'm gonna say your name, Henry. That that's okay. me. That's me and Henry because man. The, the the times that 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 we've had together uh you know great times and laughing and joking but but man you know the the day my dad passed away you know you were there and i i i'm gonna say thank you for that because that, that that meant so much to me you know for for you to be there um and then of course you know when your when your father passed i i, I told everybody i said i don't care i'm gonna be there regardless you know that, that i'm gonna be there for him for that and those those two instances it, Wrestling can go, can come and go, but those two will always mean the will, will, will mean more to me than any match or any arm drag that you and I have ever done. So thank you for that. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you being there for me. You know, uh, Lewis and I talked about saying Drake Tungsten and I. You know, we still you know talk a whole lot, and uh, you know, I he and I you know talk about it as you know, it's it's not really the wrestling I think I'm going to miss. You know, because. Honestly, you know, uh, my, my body's sore, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine to get out of bed some morning, yep. you know, but, you know, it's just being around the boys, yeah. you know, and, and like I said in my promo, you know, I've, I've over the last, you know, 29 years, I've made a lot of acquaintances, you know, a few friends, but only a handful of brothers, right? you know, mm-hmm. guys that I know are going to be there you know, for me, no matter what. And and they know I'm going to be there for them. You know, guys like you and Lewis and, and Drake and Jimmy Love, you know, and Sean Cruz. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, and I appreciate that. And, you know, Nick D, what a super guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. all you guys were, you know, at my dad's funeral. Well, I mean, Cruz wasn't, and I know why, and I, and I understand it. But, you know, all you guys were at my dad's funeral. Paco Loco was there, mm-hmm. you know. um, You know, so I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I know you guys are there for me, and I'm there for you, and, you know that to me, that's the brotherhood that the business is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that at, at the end of the day, uh, when 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 we can't wrestle anymore, um, it's it's the it's the brotherhood that 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 we've created through this business um, that 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 we hold on to, uh, you know, for life. You know, for sure. 
Chris, uh, do uh, do uh, you have any parting questions or anything you want to you want to mention to Matt before we go off the air? I, I mean, Matt, wow, that, that that was very touching. It was it was a it was it was an honor for me just to listen to, to to you know you you have great stories, a storied career, um, you know, so much to reflect back on, and and stories that you know some people never be able to even. I'm going to say the word compromise, but even take in and, and have that with them for the rest of their lives. And, and you know, you inspired so many, you know, wrestlers along the way. And, and you already have people reaching out to you about the next generation of, of where, you know, the wrestling scene is going. And, and I know you're going to do your part, you know, to pass that knowledge down, you know, to, to, you know, to, to keep it going. And, um, you know, just it was a pleasure and tickle me pink just to listen to it and, and well-deserved. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You know, one of my only regrets was I never got booked with New Dimension. I I, I don't have any heat, though. That's me. I don't have any heat. Hey, I've told him the same hey, thing. Hey, wait, wait, Tony, wait. Never say never, right, Tony? Hey. We were talking about some stuff last week, weren't yeah, we? That's, that, that's true. That's true, Matt. Uh, yeah. La, la, last week, okay, Matt, I'll, I'll let you know on a little deal. So last uh-oh. week, last week, Chris and I were sitting here talking, you know, and, and, and we were talking about how, how all these people – have booked the Thomasville Armory and did this and did that. And we were like, imagine if those guys that booked the Thomasville Armory, I'm talking about Chris Plano, Tony Binge, Joe Storm, if those if 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 those one three got time. if those three guys got together and did one more show there, could you imagine how how awesome that would be to have one more show there at the Thomasville Armory? That would be awesome. And it'd be Tony, like there, I, Tony. If we did one more super show there, I think there'd be guys trying to get through the door just to get in there. Oh yeah, yeah, for <laughs> one, sure. One more time. One more time. Yeah. One more time. New new dimension. One more time. It'd be it, it'd definitely I, I be think, fun. I, I think the I think we might see the Italian assassin Matt. Who knows what else might uh, pop out? We'll, we'll make it all work. <laughs> That's out. right. Who knows? <laughs> hey, here, here's another one. We we uh, we uh, might might even see the reincarnation of. Uh, of um, uh, oh brother, what was you, you? You nod, right? No. Oh, you nod? Not 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 you nod. What, what was the team with the uh, you and you and Kurt Solo? Well, the unholy unholy, oh, unholy alliance. That's it. Yeah, might even see reincarnation of that. <laughs> uh, that that was another another good little team that, that that you were part of that I got to witness as well. Oh, I, I loved working with Kurt. I mean, we. I mean. I don't want to compare us to, you know, earlier we were talking about Bobby and Dennis, you know, two guys just working as one unit, but that solo and I were just, we knew what the other one was thinking. Oh yeah. And it was, I yeah. mean, we, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was lucky enough to actually be on the other side uh, of a little feud with, with, with you and Kurt and, uh, and you guys re for a little short period of time, re Chris, they, they uh, retired terrific Tony made him leave. And you know who came back in his place? Charlie Brown from out of town. Uh oh. <laughs> and that that was another funny uh, funny thing. I'm, I'm gonna tell this story before we go off the air. So uh, so we're doing this gimmick, right? I'm I'm coming out as Charlie Brown, and and Matt and Kurt are trying to let the people know, hey, that Charlie Brown is not Charlie Brown. That's that's terrific. Tony wearing a mask. So the commissioner comes out, and says, "I'll tell you what we'll do next week." we will have Tony and Charlie Brown in the ring at the same time. I know Tony, Tony is, is no longer 
an employee of, of, the, of the organization. He lost Luger, leaves town. He's got to leave. But here's what we're going to do. Next week, and we'll have, we're going to bring Tony back. He's going to say his final farewell to the fans, and he's going to bring Charlie Brown with him. And let me tell you something, Chris. This, is, this right here is hilarious, right? So uh, Jay Money of um, what's, the, what's the team, uh, Matt? Southside South players. Southside players. You, you, you remember that? Okay. So, right. so Jay Money yeah. is out there. So we get Jay Money to do Charlie Brown. So he, so I'm in the ring. Uh, here I am, fans. Terrific, Tony. I'm, you know, th- these these guys are saying I'm I'm Charlie Brown. I'm not Charlie Brown. I'm I'm Tony Benz, you know. And uh, so so Matt and 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 Kurt are like bring out Charlie Brown. So they hit the music, Charlie Brown music, and here comes Jay Money out, right? <laughs> and his classic promo. He gets in the ring, gets the microphone. He says, "Hey everybody, it's Charlie Brown." And guess what? Charlie Dunn got Brown. <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> you remember that, Matt? I remember that. I, I, and that's another guy, man. That's, oh I loved working gosh. with Jay Money. What a super guy. Man, I miss that guy. I hadn't seen him in so long. I, I miss him so much. He was like one of the guys, man. Just like no no matter how how long you go without speaking to him, when you see him again, it's like time time it like time stood still. You didn't miss no time with him. And we have we have touched upon some classic stories tonight. We've uh, I think to say that we've opened up the vault. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's definitely an understatement. Up, uh, uh, a good ways here tonight. That's definitely interesting. Well, well, Matt, thank you again for being on our show. Chris, thank you again for being my co-host. Uh, fans, make sure that you go and 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 like our our Facebook page and and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite podcast platform. Matt, tonight we're we're, we're worldwide. Our our podcast. I mean, it's, it's I get my little my little report every week, and I'm always seeing got new new listeners in Singapore, new listeners. I'm like, they don't know what I'm saying, but hey, they're 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 downloading the show, so that's that's good for us. So, uh, again, man, thank you uh, for being on the show. Thank you for. Uh, for your friendship and uh, and uh, and and man, I'm, I'm I wish you the best in your in your retirement, and I, I know I'll be seeing you again. And uh, your family, you know, I'm going to definitely see you anyway. But uh, sure. but uh, but I'm I'm definitely going to have to get down, and we have to have to sit down and have dinner or something together. But again, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, you know, Chris, man, I, like I said, it's been forever, man. It's good to hear from you. And Tony, man, I love you, brother. Love hey, you man, too, brother. I love you too, man. It's been great. We love that. I, I, I think as Tony says, you're welcome to come back anytime. No, no reservation needed. That's right. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right, fans. Fans, we'll, we'll see you next week on the Binge Buster Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.